Good morning, afternoon and evening, Fruitball fans, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Fruitball Weekly, the film review podcast where we give you all the juicy details and thought-provoking opinions on the movie of the week, and we also contain 100% spoilers. I'm your host, Ramra, joined by my co-host, Kitchen. It's me. And today, we bring you Black Widow, an action spy film directed by Kate Shortland and released in 2021. Black Widow stars Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff in this sequel to Civil War. Natasha is on the run due to the events of Civil War, and during that time she bumps into her sister, Yelena, played by Florence Pugh, who, after being freed from a super-secret mind-control drug, wants to take down the infamous Red Room, controlled by the evil mastermind of the widow operation Drakov, Ray Winstone, and ultimately free themselves from their pasts. So, Black Widow doesn't really do anything truly outstanding, and honestly, it's kind of a mess plot-wise. So, I think we should definitely dive into the plot to begin with, and just talk about how it doesn't really make much sense, if I'm honest. I don't really actually enjoy the fact that they set up her getting taken to the Red Room as a young girl. I I don't really mind it as a setup to introduce her sister, and the fact that her sister was taken, but we didn't really know she had a sister that existed, so I don't think the whole beginning bit really needed to happen. I think the biggest problem comes with introducing the Black Widows as a large organisation, and I think because it wasn't really touched on in any of the other Marvel films, it does sort of come out of nowhere. I don't mind the intro bit as much. I mean, it's a nice little sort of action introduction to, like, a spy family. The only issue is is that that spy family doesn't really come back into play until, like, an hour, an hour and ten minutes into the film. This film is two hours, by the way. Two hours and ten plus minutes. And shockingly, for once, those ten minutes aren't taken up by the goddamn Marvel intro that goes on for (laughs) 27 hours. True. But once that scene ends, Yelena, the little kid sister of Natasha, gets, like, kidnapped or taken to the Widow organisation. Yeah. And for those into trivia, we can find that this film actually takes place in the 2030s. When they show the child versions of Elena and Natasha, Elena has a My Little Pony toy, and that series of characters didn't come out till the 2010s. Oh, okay, yeah. Then when they time skip to 21 years later, it should be approximately 2030. Yeah, like it might cause some time issues there. So we then have, honestly, a nice montage bit for the intro. A good introduction or a good sort of visual representation of what possibly, quote-unquote, happens in the Red Room. Yeah, a whole load of abducted children being brainwashed full-out indoctrination using some old-timey Russian propaganda. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's also just the idea that it plays significant events, like, over the years, and it's like, oh, the Black Widows were a part of each of these, like, significant events in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. The only downside to that is that if you actually think that you're going to get any of that, or if you think, you know, well, they're going to elaborate on this a lot, or, ooh, that'd be a really interesting film to see of the inside workings of the Red Room. That is absolutely not what this film is. I, like a few other people, 
We're hoping for a Black Widow origin story rather than a super villain comedy trope film with some action sprinkled in. This is the thing, because obviously it is advertised, and even the poster and the synopsis is like, you know, it's Black Widow doing a adventure on her own. Like, not really containing any of the other Avengers, it's just sort of like, this is the Black Widow film. Now, hmm. the idea where I think this gets a little lost in translation, mainly by like marketing or just the way it's advertised, is that... I got the feeling as well, this was just going to be a Black Widow prequel origin film. Like, we were going to see her grow up in the Red Room, all the way up to the point where she escapes the Red Room and joins the Avengers. And then they do some sort of montage of her life, and then it ends with her dying or something, and it's like a big funeral or something. But, even though Scarlett Johansson's on the front of this poster, or on most of the marketing, it technically is a Black Widow film, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the Black Widow film for the one we've been following. Yeah. This is technically a Yelena origin story, which I think it does work as way better than the Natasha origin story that I guess everybody thought we were getting. Oh, 100%. I feel a bit misled Yeah, by the whole Black Widow, Scar Joe on the cover expectation I was given. Because she isn't the main character. She's just one of a group of characters just like really in many Avengers films, except instead of being on the sidelines, she is just even with the rest of them. Yeah, like, to me, she is the only reason the other characters actually give a shit about the Red Room, to be honest. Yeah, she just serves as the vehicle to get them together. And then after that, they do their own thing and come into their own. And on that note, I will say that she is probably one of the worst characters in the film. Oh, Banon, yeah, for sure. With Red Guardian... And Elena, Yelena, being the best. Like, absolutely. Like, for some reason, whenever Natasha is sort of interacting with Melina, sort of like the mother figurehead of the group, their scenes, to me personally, are really boring. Yeah, and I don't think it's Melina's fault. I think it's mostly Scarlett Johansson not being able to put on anything else than a brave face. Yes. And that may be due to her experience as Black Widow for all these films. Yeah, like playing emotionless assassin. Exactly. Scarred, emotionless assassin. Just super cold. That when it comes to these family comedic moments, we understand where she's coming from when she just wants to get to the point. But when you get these emotional segments where she's starting to feel for the family and she has tears in her eyes and stuff, We don't see someone who's on the brink of emotion. We just see a stone-cold face with tears in its eyes. Yeah, almost like if this was just another mission and there was a part in the mission where she has to fake to cry. Exactly. It doesn't feel genuine. That's the problem. The film wants us to have this genuine connection with all these characters and she's finally making a family. Yeah. But that's not what we feel. At least that's not what I felt watching Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow interact with these characters. The other three, especially Elena Pugh, did an amazing job showing emotion, showing what they say Scarlett Johansson has, heart. Yes, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This film tells us that she has heart, but we don't see it or feel it. The new Black Widow definitely has it. And... The contrast there is that the new Black Widow is supposed to be more cold and emotionless. 
because yeah. she has only just recently become free from the whole widow organization thing. Exactly. And she's just doing things on her own for the first time, which is funny because yes. that's sort of what this Black Widow film represented for the Scarlett Johansson Black Widow character. Yes. But it's not. She's just <laughs> it's not. along for the ride. I do believe that it is supposed to be that. Like, I believe that was the reason why they just called it, like, Black Widow. I would have preferred if the film was called Black Widows. Yeah, to at least highlight that it's going to be something to do with at least another one. Not just another one. Another one million. <laughs> another one million. <laughs> yeah, fucking one million ants from fucking Rick and Morty, but we've got one million <laughs> Black Widows instead. Introducing this Red Room Black Widow organisation in such vast numbers sort of at the same time debunks itself. Yeah. Because it's never, ever been present in any of the previous Marvel films, as far as I'm aware, including S.H.I.E.L.D. noticing the fact that all these world leaders always have a weird assassin woman at their side. Yeah. Something that they, as an organization designed to detect this, would detect. Yeah. And Stark, with his array of satellites around the globe and his AI that's constantly scanning the globe for threats, didn't notice big Russian cloud thing in Cuba. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fucking shocking. It seems unreal for me that all these plot elements that are just introduced in Black Widow, we are expected to believe existed prior. It does feel like they've added too much to this Black Widow film, which could have been a really cool spy espionage film. Yeah. That is instead devolved into just your typical Marvel formula action. It's another case of this film, if it just stuck with the genre it wanted to go with, would have actually been pretty good. But due to the fact that they wanted to stay like tried and true and safe, it ended up ruining the film because it didn't branch out and go to another venue. Because yeah. yes, Black Widow is a part of a superhero group, but her herself isn't really one. So you didn't need to make this a superhero action film. We see plenty of her action and combat prowess in all the Marvel films. I'd have liked to see her in a mission where she has to use her guile and wits more. Yeah. Because they've just turned her into another slugger, like the rest of the Marvel crew, except she hasn't got the power capacity that the rest of them have. Yes. So I would have preferred to see her use her intelligence more, her wits, I guess her femininity. That's one of the reasons why Black Widow's a female, because it's easier to yeah. slip into male-dominated societies, right, and take down entire countries. And I would have preferred to see Black Widow do that more, because then she's playing to all of her strengths, rather than, I hit and punch things just as good as anyone else. No, absolutely. Like, this should have been an espionage spy film. It's just because they introduced too many characters and too many new elements that were existed before, they had to still make it a bombastic action film. Yeah. It's to its detriment. Yeah. If it was a standalone film that had nothing to do with any current cinematic universe, it would be believable, because we wouldn't have a yes. backstory. But because we both have the backstory and we know what happens after, not only do we not believe the prior setups, we also know how everything's going to end. Exactly. Yeah. We know this is a setup for Elena to take the reins. Yeah. Because this is obviously an introduction to her. Yeah. So there's absolutely no tension in the scenes involving them because we know how it ends. Yeah. So what we're left with is just a big questionable mess. And we hope that the plot and the actor driven scenes would promote a better standalone film but it doesn't do that either <laughs> no this is one of those films to me where while i was watching it i'm like stuff is happening 
but it just feels hollow or it doesn't matter. The minute we get to the fucking Civil War section of this film, which actually happens, I think, 14, 15 minutes, because the actual child bit sort of prequel stuff is actually relatively lengthy, if this was a shorter film, but it's two hours, so even then it doesn't take as much screen time as you expect. But once it gets to the Civil War stuff, I didn't care, because it sets it up as a... You know, here is what Black Widow was doing after they fully split off after Civil War. Once it introduces that and you get 30 minutes or so of just, here's her hiding out, just sort of living life. We get some Yelena stuff, which sets up like a mind control drug and it sets up Yelena being freed, but compared to the fact that that's contrasted with his peaceful life, Natasha, it was just sort of like, we get, I get it. You just wanted to introduce the fact that they're mind-controlled. You could have just done that with her already being freed. You don't need to have this sort of, we're going to murder a scientist section of the film. And then, during that sort of 30, 40 minutes, we then also get introduced to a new element, another new element, which is Taskmaster. When Taskmaster's sort of introduced, I think it's actually fine because it shows all the elements that you expect Taskmaster to have. So it shows off the fact that Taskmaster has the photographic memory thing and can instantly recreate moves that the character has seen. It also introduces the fact that no budget went into this (laughs) film, sadly. The first fight between Taskmaster and Black Widow I thought was a pretty well choreographed fight. There were some good combos. There were some nods to other heroes. It was neat. And Black Widow was, I guess, losing at this point. She had to escape. But during this fight sequence, and every sequence in the film that also involves vehicles, the CGI is so blatantly obvious and really, in my opinion, dated that it almost creates an unwatchable mess in those scenes. Yeah, because there's a bit where Taskmaster's, like, trying to swing across, and while the character was swinging using the grappling hook, it looked like a goddamn ragdoll was swinging across, and then the camera (laughs) zoomed in and went in focus, and it's like, oh no, so it was Taskmaster that was swinging. Oh, okay. It wasn't just some sort of weird CGI quick-moving blob thing. Yeah. Fair enough. The external shots are also very poorly done. You can see that mostly in the caravan scene. It almost looks like the surroundings of the caravan are PS2 graphics or just very low resolution textures that have been blurred to mask the lack in detail. Yeah. And there is also an overuse of lens flaring and just random shading on the camera lens that is very reminiscent of the Snyder Cut stuff that I absolutely hated. Yes, making a lot of shit look orange, especially inside that car as well. Orange, brown, it's blurry, and there's an overuse of lens flare. It's mostly in this fight sequence. Yeah. It does occur elsewhere, but it's most prominent here. Like, it doesn't look as disgusting as inside the car stuff. No. Because at least most of the other fight scenes take place during, like, the day. Whereas yeah. this one takes place like sunset, nighttime-ish. Fake night, it feels like. It's very over-filtered, in my opinion. But talking about Taskmaster, I do really like Taskmaster's design. I think they got the aesthetic right. I just don't like the fact that they made it more high-tech. Yes, like a twisted cousin of Daft Punk or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just I expected a digitized face of a skull when <laughs> when Taskmaster came on. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. When you see Drakov insert the USB into the back of Taskmaster's neck, that's when I went, <laughs> yeah. ooh, this isn't technically Taskmaster with an ability. This is going to be somebody that's been augmented, which means it's not special and everyone can be augmented like that. This fucking robot being programmed with moves, literally. Yeah, and that just means that anyone could be Taskmaster. And the things that make Taskmaster unique have now just been thrown on a character using science slash technology that can now be imposed onto any character they want for any purpose. Here's the thing with Taskmaster in this film. So what they end up doing is they end up butchering Taskmaster's character, at least to me anyway, because the idea of Taskmaster just being a person that exists, that is willing to just train people for some cash and then fuck off, is is fine, because that way he doesn't overstay his welcome if he was included in the film. It would literally be this evil fuckwit wants to hire this person who can train all his widows for just a little bit of cash, which I'm sure he has an abundance of. So it wouldn't be implausible in that case. And that fits the Taskmaster character we know from the comics. Now, film and comics universes are different, I know. But they're reintroducing a character in a way that can be applied to any supervillain character at this point. Yes. I use a chip in my brain to access moves. Almost any character could do that. Iron Man could do that if he wanted. So I don't think there's anything special about him. So it would have been better to have him introduced as a super with the super photographic memory he has, the failed super soldier experiment. It would make sense because Russia have competed with that with Red Guardian. Yes. It makes sense to fit him in as a trainer for the Black Widows with that sort of backstory rather than the Kentucky Fried Putts we get. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think having Black Widow kill a child is good for the character. Yes. She's not a hero. We know she's not a hero. The whole point of her character is redemption from the, her past. That's the reason why she killed herself in Endgame. Yeah, it's self-sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice to make up for her past transgressions. And it would make sense if Taskmaster were tasked with taking down Black Widow because she killed Dracov's daughter, and yeah. now she has to face the shadow of her past in Taskmaster as her main rival, I guess. Yeah. And that way she couldn't escape her past, except when she does die. Just some sort of lingering threat in the film, where Black Widow's found someone that I guess she can't fully take out. Yes. And Taskmaster's always sort of maybe one step in front. It's just Taskmaster lies in wait for the opportunity. That's what Taskmaster's like through the film. Pops out of nowhere in cars and tanks, using mines. (laughs) You don't expect him, and bam. I say he. You don't expect him, and then bam. Yeah. But we do find out that Taskmaster is actually the young girl that Black Widow thought she killed. Yeah. Then she gets some redemption. And (laughs) redemption is the form of using magic scarlet mist to undo the brainwashing. Yeah. And then Taskmaster, now as we find out, is Antonia, the daughter of Dracov, essentially forgives her. There's no forgiveness spoken, but her words that come out of her mouth are, is he gone Black Widow says yes, and that's really the end of that. I think that's very ham-fisted, and it's something that could have been played in a much more serious manner. Yeah. But they just sort of say, she's forgiven now, she didn't really kill a child, toss it aside, she's a cool character now. I don't like that idea for Black Widow, because then she would have no reason to go back on anything, since that was probably one of her worst deeds. 
If I'm honest, I would have preferred it if there was no redemption at all yes, in this film. Yes, exactly. That's why I like the idea of Taskmaster as a ever-looming presence that she can never escape. Yes. Like, Taskmaster should survive past the end of the film. And then they could introduce Taskmaster in other films hunting down the other widows or something along those lines. Now, after being introduced to Taskmaster, then we get introduced fully to Yelena and sort of Natasha discovering that her sister's still alive. Mm. And that then introduces the prominent theme of the fucking disgusting shaky cam, which ruins all the action scenes, in my opinion. No matter what moves are done, no matter how many fucking brutal head smashes they do. Because I will admit, I love the fact that the minute they get into a scrap, it's just, I am going to fucking smack your head against an object. The choreography, I think, is great. But I think they went a bit too over the top with the heaviness in the fight sequence between Black Widow and Yelena. Yeah. They throw each other with such force and break so (laughs) many objects in doing so, you would be convinced this was a super fight. Yes, yes you would. This is not a fight between two trained humans. This is a fight between two superhuman barbarians. It really is, yeah. (laughs) Because there are definitely broken spines and just smashed skulls in that fight, for sure. Yeah. When Yelena and Natasha, after they escape from being hunted by widows, they end up teaming up, Yelena and Natasha, and they have a bit of a heart-to-heart. Natasha says some heartless shit. Yelena's sort of got this weird innocence thing going on where she's like, I just want to experience things now. Yeah, I've got my freedom for the first time in 20-plus years. I want to experience, buy my own clothes, you know, listen to what I want to listen to, go where I want to go, essentially without being watched or controlled. So that actual character motivation makes sense. But once they sort of team up, they realise that they don't know where the fuck the Red Room is. So that then introduces Alexei, who is the Red Guardian, played by David Harbour. The best character the best character without a doubt and yes he is just comic relief but i don't know they do some small things that make you believe that he does want to be a better character and in some scenes you know i actually do believe despite the fact that he is very egotistical and self-serving he does want to be a good dad to these sort of daughters that he believes are actually his despite the fact that this is essentially a fake make-believe family Very fake, much like all the fake Russian accents in this film. (laughs) Yes, yes, there is pretty much no real Russian accent in this film. (laughs) I mean, talk about whitewashing, I guess. Not technically, but you get it. The main cast of this film are all British or American actors, with the exception of Olga as Taskmaster, who's Ukrainian. There is not a single Eastern European or Russian in the main cast of this film. So they're all Americans and English people speaking with fake Russian accent. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I, oh. I, will, I will kill Captain America once I've got his shield. <laughs> Captain America was frozen back then. <laughs> it's like, oh. I, I, I broke his back and became, I almost became as popular and as rich as Captain America. It's like, oh, oh. did oh, did you, did you, Red Guardian? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, boy. <laughs> please cast some Russians and please have yeah. your Russian evil supervillains based in Russia instead of <laughs> off the coast of Cuba or yeah. between Northern America and Cuba. 
It's like, why don't we just make this film that's supposed to primarily just be a Russian family in Russia doing Russian things everywhere else but Russia. But Russia. It's like, oh, okay, sure thing, isn't it? Why not? Why the fuck not? Sure. And guaranteed there are going to be some Russian-American actors or actresses they could have hired. Yes. But they exactly. just chose not to. Oh, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I suppose, again, it's another case of what names will bring people in. Yeah. I mean, they got Stranger Things man playing Red Guardian, and he yep. is very good in the role. Yes, he is yes, he exceptional. is. exceptional. I do really like David Harbour. I think he is pretty good, to be <laughs> honest. Because uh, he plays like a good bumbling drunk cop character in fucking Stranger Things as well. Yeah. But the prison escape thing is fun until it gets to the fight. So they end up saying, we need to go and get Red Guardian. And Red Guardian's in prison because there's a whole backstory that doesn't get fleshed out between him and Drakov because they needed to add that connection. It couldn't have just been he was a super soldier that just no. got thrown in prison. We just get a tiny piece of exposition where he says, he threw me in prison. And that's it. And that's it. That, that's yeah. really all we get. <laughs> uh, although I do like the vibe that he gives of, you know, I'm here to talk sweet and be a jerk and be a fucking, you know, like, we need to make this party wild. Instead, Dracov's a fucking nerd. You know, give me your lunch money, <laughs> yeah. punk. It's like, oh, okay. You know, I like that. That's good. But as per most of the things in this film, the prison escape is okay. I like the introduction to Red Guardian, just kind of living it up in prison, to yeah, be honest. Don't make a scene. He makes a scene. Very Rocket Raccoon of him to just make a scene for the hell of it. Yes, exactly. Sort of gave me the Rocket Raccoon sort of almost Drax vibes as well. Just a big yeah, bulky guy. He's sort of smart-mouthed in a way, but it's all just about him and yeah. nothing else. But the film has a prominent theme in which whenever action starts to happen, it nosedives horrendously. There's a part in the middle of the action where Black Widow is speaking to Yelena and all these armed guards around the prison, you see them in the background, just standing there and looking around. Nobody directed those extras. No. Nobody said, <laughs> no. you know, pretend to shoot a gun, you know, pretend to walk around frantically. Prisoners are escaping. Do a thing. They just went, uh, you know. Well, what are they doing? It, they, ju they just do a fuck all. They're doing nothing. <laughs> the prison escape thing is... A good introduction to Red Guardian. I kind of wish it didn't go on as long as it did. And even the stuff in the helicopter, once the event has actually happened, is far more interesting than the action. I just wish yeah. this was not an action film, because the action, honestly, is the most boring part. Once again, I did like the choreography. It's just the way in which they shot the action. Ruined it. Yeah, really ruined it, yeah. in my opinion. The best scenes are the ones that were most original to the film. Yeah. And that's the family scenes involving the Black Widow household. And to be honest, it's even really good, despite the fact that I don't really like half the characters out of the four characters in those scenes. <laughs> yeah. Because they get the most development. They do. It's the most entertaining part of the film, the most comedic, the most human. But at the same time, we really show just how much Scarlett Johansson is getting shown up by these other yes. actors. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not to say that she's a bad actress. In other no, things, no. she's actually really good. Yeah, the problem I feel is she's played this stoic assassin character for so long that that's how she knows the character. Yes. So when it comes absolutely. to emotive scenes and scenes where she is actually meant to be tearing up in a family heartfelt moment, 
she just keeps the stone cold face on and they just drop some tears in her eyes. And I can't buy that. It doesn't sell me that she's really feeling these things. Whereas the other characters, they're full gumbo. They act like a family that knows for a fact that they're not real, but they just want to get along. They want to love each other. But because of the situations that they're all in, they just know that it's completely fucked up. Like, they know what's happened in their life has brought them together, but not for good reasons. And you can see at these moments the individuality between each of the characters. Yes. Honestly, I don't really like Melina's character all that much, but I loved the fact of her naming a pig Alexa and slowly <laughs> suffocating her. Yeah. And he's like... And the, and the thing that he's insulted by isn't the fact that, you know, he he almost saw a pig named after himself actually die. It's literally just, I can't believe you named a pig after me. Like, what the hell, man? I'm the Red Guardian. You don't name a pig after me. I am me. Red Guardian. <laughs> I'm Red Dynamo, baby. Red Dynamo. <laughs> Fun fact... That scene with the Red Dynamo and Yelena talking is the only scene in the film that I can recall where you actually see somebody consume alcohol. Or what would be considered alcohol in the context of the film. Yes. All scenes prior to this that I recall, they cut away before anything entered their mouth. They would touch the bottle to their lips and it would cut. Oh yeah, there's some points in this where it's like Yelena and Natasha are just speaking but they're speaking while drinking so yeah. seeing just these snap cuts of you oh. know blah 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 drink already a new character's on screen blah 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 drink snap it's like, that oh. scene itself should be shown as a prime example of how not to cut together a scene because there's a part where I think it's Elena's arms being bandaged oh, up. Oh, yes. And it cuts yes, two or three times, and the bandages change position. Black Widow has two bandages on the arm, and then it cuts, and she's only just now applying a bandage. <laughs> the hands are touching the bottles, and they're not touching the bottles, and the bottles are against their mouth. Then the bottles are now on the table out of their hands. Things yeah. move. There's so many objects moving around that shouldn't, that I was completely distracted. <laughs> it's a simple conversation. It is a slow moment that would happen in a spy film but because this is an action film this slow moment feels completely out of place yeah but it's also done badly because like you said the cuts are just horrible they're disgusting but this house scene is just that it is a slow moment for about i don't know 15 20 minutes of just characters talking and it is the best part of the film 100 percent best part of the film just Natasha being like, you're all cowards, you're all running away, you're egotistical, you're just some idiot yep. living in a farm doing weird experiments. And it's all fake, and none of you are my real family. And while this is happening, and Red Guardian's still angry about the fact that Melina named a pig after <laughs> him, and she's like, you know, oh, well, I, I'm a black widow as well, and I'm just doing what I was told to do, da 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 you slowly see Yelena break the fuck down. You do. She's having a... She's having, like, a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no emotion in this film, honestly, that struck as hard as that moment. I'm so looking forward to her in future films. Yes. If there's one thing that this film does show is that Florence Pugh as Black Widow or as the new Black Widow, Yelena, is just really good. Yeah. And it also shows that she's going to have less of a stoic hero-ness about her and she's just going to be sort of like more of a renegade type character it does appear as if she fell back into an assassin role given the credit scene yes with valentina 
who is not played by an Italian person. Yes. <laughs> what a surprise. What a surprise. But it also shows that maybe it's a good idea that Scarlett Johansson is no longer part of the franchise. Yeah. Because I do think she has more range than what's shown. But I do yeah. think she spent so much time as this character that perhaps it is her time to leave. And I'm honestly looking forward to seeing what she can do in other roles. Yeah. As long as she doesn't get typecast. Yes, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Like, let's see her in 27 other just spy or superhero <laughs> films. It's like, as oh, long as they're great. actual espionage style spy films. I don't it see might why not. not. Be too bad. And the yeah. campy villain would actually fit a bit more. Absolutely. Not in this serious, not serious action film mess. Yeah. But honestly, the house scene is the best scene. And you do get quite a bit of it, and you just get to know these characters. Because you see them at the beginning, you get to see a little bit of interaction here or there, but then they get hunted down and then they're on the run. It's like you don't know who they are as characters at that point. Yeah. But seeing them after however many years, just away from each other, how they've all changed and developed, and the fact that they have all got completely different worldviews and, like, ideas on what they should be doing. It's just really good to see as a dynamic. And I'd like to see them in future films, too. Yes. Just so they're not thrown aside. And I'd like to see the one bajillion Black Widows, because I would hate for them to be introduced as this global superpower for the first time in this film, and then never mentioned again. Yes. And where were they in the big endgame fight? They obviously didn't think ahead. Because they are all trained. Like, it's not just... Exactly. These are people scattered around the world who have just been mind-controlled to be an operative. These are all individually trained, actual Black Widow operatives just scattered around. They obviously didn't think about all these Black Widows. So I think they were just used for this film, thrown away. They were never thought about. They were never considered. And we know these movies are planned well in advance. The actual structure of just how they even got to Infinity War and Endgame is still an achievement in itself exactly. with planning and getting all these actors together. But, as you said, the million Black Widows and just Dracov and the fact that, you know, Taskmaster's there, it just leads up to the biggest issue I have with the film, which is just the end part. Like, the final <laughs> 20, 30 minutes is such a huge fucking mess. Yeah. It's almost hard to watch because they go full action film at the end, but they try to make it espionage or spy-ish by having, you know, different people in different rooms trying to use each other's skills to their advantage to escape or whatever because Dracov captures them and it's just 20, 30 minutes of boring Dracov exposition about how he's a tiny man that wants big things. To be fair, she does stop him mansplaining and villain monologuing, which is pretty neat, because I didn't want to yes. hear his bullshit anyway. <laughs> no, God's sake, I definitely didn't want to wear him at no. all. There is that weird crap with Taskmaster being locked in the cell. Yeah. And then Black Widow lets her out because she feels pity. I mean, I know why they did it, but they could have just had a better story involving those two characters separately as Taskmaster and Antonia. Yeah. They decided to combine them in a way I don't think works. I don't mind Taskmaster being a woman. That's totally fine. Yeah. The whole point of Taskmaster is the ability, not the person. No, exactly. It is a most simple archetype. It's just pay Taskmaster money, Taskmaster will do thing. 
Like, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a man or a woman, that is just an archetype that can fit any gender, really. Taskmaster can copy X amount of fighting styles at once. Whenever they copy fighting style, they forget previous fighting style. If they copy too much, they lose memory. Yeah. Easy. Now, I honestly don't really want to go on to the ending that much, because to me, it is just a... It's a big action sequence. Like, if you've seen any James Bond, Austin Powers action-type films that have spy elements, anything like that, you know how the ending's going to go. There's going to be a big exposition dump, the enemy is going to reveal their plan, and then they are somehow going to defeat the enemy, and everybody ends up okay. They have what you'd expect there to be in every film like this, where there's this countdown tense sequence. Yes. We just watched the countdown complete from zero to 100. Yeah, we do. There's no tension. There's nothing stopping the countdown. There's no pauses. There's no speed humps along the way. She puts the hard drive in, hard drive copies. She takes the hard drive, done. Yeah, and when the countdown does officially complete and Draco's running away, it just culminates in, here is a big explosion, Yelena blows up a helicopter, and they save Taskmaster. Doesn't get any wounds from the explosion. No. (laughs) No, she doesn't. And I hated the fact they did the whole, Yelena, no, moment, as if this fucking... As if this explosion... (laughs) As if we think she won't survive. ...was going to turn her into fucking giblets. It's not going to happen. Nobody thought that watching this film. (laughs) But, you know, the ending might be exciting... Just depending on what you expect on this film, I personally just... The ending is a glaze. But overall, Black Widow is a fine film. If you like explosions and action, with some dispersed character development, like it's very little but it's there, then I do reckon that you will enjoy this film. But for me, just the placement of the story and the fact that the ending of the film just introduced so much stuff that it just makes it a mess. And there's just new elements all the way through the film, but it feels so hollow and lacklustre. And paired Mm. with the CGI and the shaky cam that ruins the intense action moments, I just don't think that this film is entirely fun. I will give it a 5 out of 10, but that is a very close 5 out of 10. I do think that there is stuff there, it's just not fleshed out enough for me to care that much. I think Black Widow fails to deliver anything but average performance everywhere but the family scene. And based on the story and its release date, I do think it was released a little too late for us to care about the majority of what's going on. There is very poor cuts, poor camera work really bad CGI, and even in that end sequence, there's just a handy-dandy parachute that just appears out of nowhere for Black Widow to grab in the middle of this exploding airbase. doesn't feel like there's any pressure. It all just sort of smoothly glides into place. Just sort of happens. Yeah. It does. But much like you, I do think there are some qualities about this film that may be pretty neat. And if you can look past the problems with some of the writing, the acting, and the over-two-hour runtime then I think some people could easily give this a 6 or above. But I personally think it does also sit very comfortably at 5 out of 10. And on that note, Fruitball fans, comes the end of the episode. As always, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and all of the major podcast platforms to catch new episodes every Friday. Or support us directly by going to anchor.fm forward slash Fruitball Weekly. 
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fruitball Weekly to keep up to date with Fruitball news, any giveaways we may be doing, or to catch our fan pick review polls every four weeks. Please send any feedback or any Fruitball episode ideas to us at fruitballweekly at gmail.com and we will catch you next week. See you then. See you then.